This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And we're going to close off our coverage, like we said, by talking about anti-corruption, looking at your messages and hopefully playing more music because that has been a very fun element, I would say, of uh, tonight's show, at least for me. Now, uh, before we get to our next guest, we do have time for messages. Again, we've been asking you what you think. Um, the verdict was just announced this afternoon, so everyone's still kind of processing it, I think. Let us know if you have thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, anything at all, that number to call double seven double three two nine hundred. You can WhatsApp or send us a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So um I like we said, right, there has been a mix of uh, jokes and lightheartedness, but also some very serious questions. And I wanted to start the side of things with with those questions because Casey is saying, um, how will he even pay this, firstly? Uh, Seaman says, such a bargain, 2.6 billion received in donations, but the fine is only 210 million. Uh, Vimalan says, okay, so the crook is caught. How do we recover that which is lost? Uh, Nasiha says, I'm relieved that it works, but it's still too much loss and burden for the country despite this imprisonment and fine. And I think... Um, that's why, I mean, we said at the start, right, there is a sense of, to a degree, happiness and relief. There's also quite a lot of grief. And I understand it because the process of recovering these funds, it is slow, it is protracted, and it's going to continue well after this court case. Um, and actually, I think just what this reflects, what this says about our country as well, because Hakim says, um, I wonder if, if Pakatan didn't win the last GE, would high-level corruption cases like these always get away? Anyway, the results saying that our highest official leader was involved in corruption needs more reflection on the Rakyat side than celebration. And I think that's a great point. Keep them coming. Um, you can, of course, like we said, call us, WhatsApp us, tweet us. Um, and as promised, we are very shortly about to start our conversation on essentially what this means for the issue of corruption. Um, our guest is joining us very shortly. I think we've got time, though, as we wait for that connection. The internet's being difficult um, to clear up. Um, let's see. We have Jonathan who says, what are the chances of Raymond, Reddict Raymond Reddington's men swooping in and escorting Najib out of the country to a haven? Wait, he isn't real, is he? And in case you're wondering who Raymond Reddington is, it's a reference to Blacklist. So, um, I was so pleased to see the reference. <laughs> um, I mean, it... If there's one person we didn't need, I think it's it's James Bader. I mean, like, not it's not a personal thing. I think he's a great actor, but um, he's just an uncomfortable presence, isn't he? That's part of what makes him great. Well, speaking of uncomfortable presences, we have two people bringing up a name. Daniel says, I'm expecting Joe Lowe turned up to save him, but it didn't happen. Fair justice. Legion says, maybe he'll try to give up Joe Lowe in return for a sentence reduction. Uh, this man will never leave the public discourse. Like, I, I don't know when it is will be, um, you know, that there won't be Jolo references. And, and fair dues, I mean, I think it, there is every reason to say that we would still like to see other people brought to justice, right? This is part and parcel of that. But yeah, uh, Jolo coming up a fair amount. Like we said, keep those thoughts, questions, feelings coming. And now uh, to talk about the issue of anti-corruption and how all of this connects, um, we are speaking with Cynthia Gabriel uh, from the Centre to Combat Corruption and Cronyism, or C4. Cynthia, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you so much for having me. So how are you feeling now that the verdict is finally out? Are you asking me personally or as... A bit of both, I think. <laughs> well, uh, it's definitely a very historic moment, a very historic day for Malaysia and internationally as well, because it's very rare that uh, uh, the highest politician of a land often gets tried in court for corruption. It has happened before, of course, in other countries, but for Malaysia, it's definitely the first. And a very important uh, message that came out of the federal court today. And I think there's two main things that I can take home from the message. One is that the um, judges in the federal court really was very steadfast, stood very firm in withstanding all the uh, trickery, the efforts to delay the case, and as well as uh, personal intimidation and attacks on the institution itself, which was very, very worrying. Uh, because it was about giving that institution space to be able to follow the facts, to deliberate on the facts, and to look at what would be the most uh, fair and just judgment. And in doing so, the five-member panel, uh, together in a very uh, decisive manner, actually made a very crucial message that came across today, that it was about high corruption, it was about politicians who were given the trust and the power to rule the country had actually abused that power gravely and that they had committed heinous crimes. And in this case, it's uh, former Prime Minister Najib himself, who at the time was not just the Prime Minister, he was also the Finance Minister. So there was tremendous power in his hands to wield and deal the way he saw fit. And there were so many issues within the SRC trial that indicated a complete lack of accountability, a complete lack of um, uh, willingness to be uh, a man of integrity, and that he would allow $42 million to be uh, transferred into his personal bank accounts and to spend the money, uh, and then to say that he didn't know it was coming from SRC. It actually took the entire rakyat for a ride for seven years since the 1MDB and SRC International were exposed by foreign media and all that. So I think that message today is that politicians in power, politicians entrusted with power and who abuse it uh, will face the long arm of the law if they had uh, siphoned off the money for personal gain or if they had abused their power to enrich their family members or and doing the many things the SRC facts actually found to be uh, true, the truth. So today is also a very important day because it also sends a very important message that in a looming general elections, it is now on Malaysians again to ensure that we vote in politicians with integrity. And those that don't have integrity, obviously now the only space for them is jail. And that cor corruption crimes must actually be treated very seriously. So for the longest time, even though the High Court and the Court of Appeal had already convicted him, I think the damage done at the public level in which uh, uh, former Prime Minister Najib was moving around freely, campaigning in the elections and developing a boss coup uh, profile for himself, uh, had actually 
created a lot of damage that maybe corruption wasn't such a bad thing, you know, that you could still be corrupt and you could be celebrated and you could still have a heroic status and all that. And all that messages that were coming out were just so wrong for a country that was a transitioning democracy from 2018, especially after one party rule for 60 years, there were possibilities for reform, for change. And it isn't about whether you are pro-opposition or pro-government. It's about the change itself that gives you that space to rectify uh, the system so that there's better openness, better transparency, better rule of law, etc. And so it was only because there was a change that we managed to actually price open a lot of the investigations into 1MDB and SRC International. So it's a, an incredible day for independent institutions, for integrity and for Malaysia moving forward. So throughout our show, really, we've been getting a lot of messages about how um, there's more that needs to be done to tackle corruption in the country and that this isn't a straightforward case, that it in some ways shows how bad things actually are. How would you respond to this? Um, well, when we started working uh, very much in detail following the 1MDB and SRC International, uh, I'd be the first one to tell you how mind-boggling the work of following the money trail is. It, it's really complex, it's sophisticated, and it because the borders and financial markets have opened up, there's also the opening up of a lot of room for criminals networks, syndicates to actually fly money across the globe with very little due diligence and compliance. And that is where I think the challenge is that we actually require a lot more um, efforts in enforcement, in actually looking at how sophisticated corruption crimes have become. It's no longer about uh, I'm stealing from A in order to give B so that B will give back the money to me. It's involved so many stakeholders now. And I think from 1MDB itself, it's been a curious case study, not just for uh, anti-corruption advocates in Malaysia, but also around the world, because it involves so many uh, stakeholders, including banks, you know, those really um, very reputable banks, including commercial banks. Uh, and I can name a few that your bank accounts may be also... Uh, compromised because of the money laundering that took place in those banks. And we're talking about large commercial banks. Um, and we're talking about international law firms as well, who had become enablers in allowing uh, the money to, to move. So it wasn't just about Joe Lowe on his own. Joe Lowe could not have acted without the cooperation and collaboration of all these different key stakeholders. And so this then makes the work of uh, governance, anti-corruption, very complex and would require collaborative measures from all sides, banks, uh, private firms, uh, legal organizations, partners, firms, and all that to actually fix money laundering, fix uh, criminal bre breach of trust, uh, fix, uh, I think the most important of which to deal with is the influence of the executive in trying to stem the investigations. So we have seen what happened during 1MBB on MACC, uh, on uh, the parliament also. They kept saying it was subjudiced to discuss it at that time before, before the 14 general elections. 
Uh, the media was one of those that were really victimized. You will remember the edge was suspended. The Malaysian insider was also uh, banned. And, uh, many things happened with local media. International media were barred from coming into the country. And many things actually took place. So in remembering the, the struggles of the various people and just trying to speak up and ask questions uh, is something that we need to remember today, that this is what powerful corrupt people can do to ordinary person. They, they can just kill off the right to whistleblow, the right to express, the right to actually ask important questions. And public scrutiny is incredibly important to stop corruption. So in this, in this moment of celebrating an independent institution and a strong judiciary and to salute the judges who came out really, really very um, strong in how they presented their case. I think what I do want to say is that we should take this message to the next general elections and kick out those politicians who uh, have questionable pasts, who already have trials ongoing, and who do not practice integrity. So every political party who wants to represent the people must now actually um, get their act together. Pick up the slack, move Malaysia forward kind of thing. Cynthia, on that note, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. That was Cynthia Gabriel from C4, the Centre to Combat Corruption and Cronyism, weighing in on what the Najib Razak verdict means uh, for anti-corruption efforts really in Malaysia, which is the larger theme that our show has been operating with today. Keep those thoughts coming. You can call us, you can WhatsApp us or voice note us, tweet us. We'll be back for that and some music. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. It is 7.22. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We have been spending the better part now of two entire hours unpacking the federal court verdict um, involving Datuk Sri Najib Razak and SRC International. Of course, it's an upholding of the, the guilty verdict from the High Court two years ago. And he will have to serve a 12-year prison sentence and pay a fine of 210 million ringgit. And uh, we've been asking you for your thoughts, your feelings, your reactions. Um, and I believe we've got a, a colourful, shall we say, voice note. But before that, um, we also have this from Squatting Sasquatch. It is a pantone. Um, and I'm going to just read it out. Ayam dikepok dipanggil pulang. Kain tercarik tersangkut duri. Tuan menepok air didulang. Terpecik ke muka sendiri. I want to applaud. I really do. That was beautifully written. I mean, um, we also had an earlier message from Squatting Sasquatch who had said, um, I never thought I would be happy to be stuck in traffic. So if this is the result of being stuck in traffic, then, you know, more power to you. Uh, we do also have a, a voice note now from Girish. Don't cry for me, Najib Razak. The truth is I never loved you. All through your wild days, your mad existence, I kept my promise. Please keep your distance. <laughs> the, the, the works of art that are being inspired today 
It's it's mad. I love that. And, and I'm guessing all in cars because I could. <laughs> I, I felt like that had the car echo. Also, great um, keeping in tune. That song is not easy to amend and adapt. No. Um. And and the Weird Al level of of lyric parody was deeply enjoyable. Girish, thank you so much for sending that through. Now, as promised. Big difference, right? Big, big dips and valleys in tone because we've had we've had pantun, we've had song. Um, we do also have this from Han Hing, who says, Malaysians have reasons to be happy today. Our gratitude to the panel of five justices, so ably led by the Chief Justice herself. We salute their steadfastness. On the other hand, my heart does go to the group of Najib Daihat supporters. I wonder how they could still believe in him. Despite all the information and evidence around, they are indeed his first victims. That's an interesting point, right? But I, I do think that this has a lot to do with, and we've said the word narratives quite a bit throughout mm. the show. Um, I really do think some of this has to do with where you get your news from, who you listen to, um, and where really your narratives come from. Similarly, Sue is saying, I couldn't believe when my ears when I heard the news. I'm elated. I'm relieved. I'm sad. I think of the many people being deceived and the many people who have allowed themselves to be t- deceived. How sad that people can deny the truth and allow themselves to be fooled against all the evidence before the courts. May our rakyat grow in their understanding of how poor leadership can derail a country's fortunes. May our children learn that crime does not pay. I certainly hope so. Uh, And I think for everyone. And you know, Sue, um, in all fairness and in all honesty, I think that underneath the, the the, the Evita and, the, you know, that sense of relief that many people feel, there is also absolutely that underlying sense of pain and grief. So you're, you're really not alone in that. Keep those thoughts coming. Um, we've been asking you for your reactions and your feelings, really, with the federal court verdict of Datuk Sri Najib Razak, 12-year prison sentence, 210 million ringgit fine in lieu of a further five-year imprisonment. And um, yeah, like we said, tell us how you're feeling. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.